I'm a true champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the WrestlePlug podcast. And if you are fortunate enough to look at at least one of us on YouTube, then lucky you. And I'll make it very easy for you to work out which one of us is much better to look at. And it sure as hell ain't me. Uh, I'm Aaron Nix. I am the most unprofessional wrestler you're probably ever going to meet. Joining me on the WrestlePlug this week is not Carl Wilkinson because he's a lazy sack of shit. Um, so we brought in someone much better looking, to be fair. Astrid Pizarro has returned to oh, yeah. the wrestle plug once again you're becoming a regular slowly but surely yeah. are you ready for your second ever state of wrestling address <laughs> yep let's do it ah uh, yes we we deal in number twos quite a lot here <laughs> um plenty of news to get into or faux news it's not been the most heaviest of weeks but the thing that really seems to be jumping out um to a lot of people is we'll get this out of the way because it's the more miserable side of things. Uh, did you hear about the altercation at Pro Wrestling Gorilla this week? No. So PWG Pro Wrestling Gorilla is one of the foremost uh, high quality independent wrestling shows in America. Mm-hmm. They run out of Florida, I believe. Not Florida, excuse me. They run out of um, the other end, uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, so my apologies, everyone. They're at the Globe Theatre now. I think they used to be in Reseda, something like that. Uh, basically, it's uh, that's where Excalibur got his fame. He's kind of like a co-owner, but also the commentator for it. Uh, Joey Ryan was a co-owner. The Young Bucks, uh, a lot of people made their kind of name on the indies at this company before they really broke out. If you go back and watch all their pay-per-views, it's a who's who, Daniel Bryan, Kenny Omega, like literally everybody. Um, unfortunately... Uh, so a transgender fan on Twitter has claimed that they were punched in the back of the head while on the way to the bathroom before the event began. Uh, PWG addressed the incident on Monday night and said no report was made to PWG or venue staff on the night of the event. The full statement reads as this. We are aware of the incident that was reported on Twitter last night during Freemendus... I believe that's six, three minutes six. Uh, Upon learning of the report, we immediately contacted the security and management of the Globe Theatre who investigated throughout the remainder of the night. No report was made to Globe or PWG staff or management last night. However, we are in contact with the victim and working closely with the Globe to address the situation. PWG is committed to being a safe, inclusive environment for all fans. We abhor and will not tolerate physical violence at our events. Um quite unsavory yeah the obviously the twitter you know i'm a little bit concerned that someone would go to twitter to file a complaint about an act of violence at a wrestling show this kind of sums up the problem with modern day society uh, someone assaulted me someone attacked me better go on twitter and have a word about it no like go and speak to the authorities go and speak to the people in power and in management for pwg and have this handled the reason that I found it an interesting topic, not you know, in a morbid sense, is because PWG already has quite a reputation for rowdy fans who say horrible things, and there's been a lot of homophobic uh, comments there. There's been a lot of racism thrown around before. Um, it's not even really news as it is just us reporting on it. But like you know, I, I'm curious because obviously. You're a woman who attends wrestling shows. You love wrestling. You're passionate about it. And you're a proper wrestling fan. You don't just go because you think, oh, he's hot. Like, you genuinely love wrestling. 
as a woman, how do you feel hearing something like that? So obviously, I'm not saying that, you know, because obviously the individual attack was transgender, so it's not necessarily mm-hmm. about gender or anything like that, but you will most likely have a different viewpoint to someone like me, who is the overall overarching demographic of people who attend wrestling shows. I think it's fair to say a higher percentage of men probably mm-hmm. go than anything else, at least in this demographic, especially when PWG is concerned. Does it put you off the idea of attending independent shows? Yeah, I remember now after you mentioned it that I did see a couple of tweets about this of people speaking out about it. It did make me concerned because, yeah, I'm like when it comes to wrestling shows, I really don't like going by myself anyway, just because I always feel unsafe going by myself like that. I think the only time I actually went by myself to a show, it was for the Million Classic tapings. And it's because I knew where it was and everything. That was the only reason why. But aside from that, I don't go to shows by myself already as it is because I'm like, you never know what's going to happen. You can't at any time to anybody, to be honest, especially like parking lots on the way out and things like that. And I, I'm a very anxious person. So that alone gives me a lot of anxiety. So if I think about that, if I go by myself, I will not go to the show. Like I'd rather not go because that's how it is for me. And I know it's obviously not the same, same situation, but yeah, I'm just... I'm really protective of myself and I, I try not to put myself in in places like this by myself. I try not to go anywhere alone, to be honest, especially with how it is now. I always try to find one of oh, my siblings at least to come with me or at least one of my parents, as silly as that sounds, because I'd rather be with somebody that could be there as my backup. And I always have my phone in my hands. That's another thing. I would never let go of my phone nowadays just because of that reason. I'm like, you never know what's going to happen. And I'd rather be able to like say something to my phone or even text somebody really quick and be able to save my stuff somehow but it just the situations like this is uncomfortable to be honest and to think like this is happening in 2021 things like this shouldn't be happening nowadays to be honest yeah it, i've seen a lot in wrestling like because i've had the displeasure sometimes of being on both sides of the barrier i've been a wrestler i've been an individual working as a member of ring crew i've worked backstage i've worked on video i've been a fan for hundreds of shows and i've seen unsavory things not too often the overwhelming experiences have been fairly good particularly in environments like i attend with a lot of people who have mental health difficulties asperger's autism as you know with alex who's a very good friend of mine he calls himself the king of asperger's style which is wonderful you know really sort of empowers himself in that episode which i think is wonderful um, a lot of variety a lot of diversity and you know like for instance i was at a rev pro event where sam adonis came out and called a section of uh fans who unfortunately happened to have a large amount of gay people there they called he called them faggots you know okay he's a heel whether you want to land on that side of it or not i thought it was just a bit much i didn't go crazy about it but i was just like yeah stupid you should know better um i just think it's really disappointing and also what bothers me is you know this kind of mentality of Oh, yeah, but it's PWG and because Excalibur works there and because so many, you know, I believe this was the same show that Malachi Black won the tag titles at mm-hmm. with Brody, I want to say Brody King, um, big tattoo guy from Ring of Honor. Um, 
you know, like that should have been a moment of great celebration. Instead, we're talking about some fucking knuckle dragging, hairless wank stain who's decided to take it upon themselves to neck beard their way into fame. If that is indeed the case, it's obviously allegedly. There's no footage, there's no evidence of it, but there are accusations. And I don't understand why somebody would, you know, feel the need to just go on Twitter and randomly say it had happened if it didn't. But. You know, you have to be careful because there are unfortunately people out there who will bullshit and lie just because they don't like something. Mm-hmm. You should feel comfortable whenever you go to wrestling. Everyone should feel comfortable. Um, I've had incidences with racism. I remember going to a Riptide show with Volta uh, wrestling and someone shouted, kill the Nazi. It's just like, it's not even German. Like, it's Austrian, mate. And I admittedly Hitler was also Austrian. So there's that. But, you know, it's just... A bit of education. All it comes down to is intolerance and a lack of education. That's what racism always comes down to. As a half Egyptian man, I get a lot of it. I still get it now, not as much, luckily. Particularly when I was in my old work, I used to get a lot of racial confusion or abuse for whatever reason, mostly aimed around the terrorism demographic because that's just the lazy thing. Oh, he's got a beard. He's going to self-detonate. Okay. <laughs> it, it boils down to one thing. <laughs> PWG has had numerous problems here, including my tyad Excalibur, who everyone wants to rave as the best commentator of all time now, just because he's at AEW. This is a guy who was caught using the N-word quite liberally on camera. Um, just because he works for AEW does not mean that he is excused from abhorrent behaviour. Um, and, you know, this is this seems to be a growing culture with PWG. They need to be open and honest with their fans and the wrestling community at large. And they need to be seen to be incredibly proactive towards putting things... Now, they're a very successful indie promotion as well. We're not talking about some two-bit hack promotion where they've just got, you know, I don't know, Tennessee Jim from Bumfuck Nowhere in the main event. They've actually got legitimate stars. Malachi Black, you know, um, Penta wrestles there regularly. MSK, before they went to NXT, wrestled there regularly and were tag team champions. Volta, Jeff Cobb, the, the names are endless. And Zack Sabre Jr., for fuck's sake. So they've got money. They've got notoriety. They've got everything they need to put in place the correct safeguarding. And this is what happens with wrestling. We're still talking about people trying to cut costs, people trying to fucking, you know, undercut themselves. I worked for IWE last weekend. They are a small but very... I don't know, rambunctious promotion in the United Kingdom. Every single person was paid. There was safeguarding in place. There was first aid in place. Everything was in place to make sure. And these are all what you would think would be standard. And they're not because the wrestling business is full of cretins and promoters who are so desperate to cut costs at the expense of the fans and the wrestlers. It's one thing when you say to a wrestler, well, you know, I'll pay you to wrestle, but we may not have first aid or something, and that's fucking unacceptable in its own right. But it's quite another when you're actually creating an environment that could put your own fans at risk. The fans should be number one. Like, they should have no problems. You, as a woman, for instance, shouldn't have to think, I'm a bit anxious, and then it's heightened by the fact that, unfortunately, you are like whether people want to admit it or not, women are, tend to be at more of a risk. And again, I don't know if you've seen what's going on in the news over here. We had another woman murdered while walking to the fucking pub. Um, she was just going out for a date and she was killed just because she was an easier target. 
Mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be any massive motive and that's on the back of Sarah Everard trigger warning for anyone listening Sarah Everard was unfortunately raped and murdered um, by a police officer that was supposed to be protecting her and it's brought about a massive amount of paranoia anxiety and change amongst women especially who are now asking for can we have safer you know methods can we have safer measures can we have uh, CS gas introduced so we can protect ourselves you know, can we carry more legalized sort of, you know, standard weaponry, things of that nature? Something I'm actually all for. Um, and of course, men always use the argument. Oh, uh, yeah, well, uh, men get attacked too. Yes, nobody's nobody's saying they don't. I personally have been attacked and assaulted and things of that nature. And that's not fun. But it doesn't mean that I came out of it thinking, oh, I'm just as vulnerable as the female demographic. Or I'm, you know, the, even though the facts state that there is a much higher percentage of women being assaulted or people of a transgender nature or people of a homosexual nature, you know, it, I'm sorry until everyone feels safe you have a fucking problem and you need to fix it mm -hmm. well i don't know what else you want me to add anything else you want to add anything you'd like to express mm -hmm. on this podcast while you have the opportunity no you said it just like it, there has to be some some change to it either giving women a way to protect themselves somehow because it's unacceptable to be dealing with something like this. especially at this time you would think like people would be more protective of well, you know the woman in their lives and just like hey be careful coming over here and doing this and doing that i'm like my family knows where i am and when i go all the time or my route everything just because they they already know like my dad knows that it takes me about 10 to 15 minutes to get to work if he doesn't hear from me 15 minutes he goes are you okay did you get there and he waits for my response because of that and it's always been like that ever since like in high school my dad took me to the bus stop every single morning because it was so dark he was always afraid somebody would do something knowing I was the only one in that bus stop. And I'm like, it's unfortunate, but he did it. And it made him depressed thinking like something's going to happen to my kids. And even when we were by ourselves, he's always thinking something's going to happen to them. And I always told him, look, I'm going to call you when I get there. I'm going to call you here, call you over here. So he knows. And he likes, even though it's, it's it sounds kind of, parano it's basically giving us paranoia at this, this point if you think about it. But it's one of the only ways he'll know that we're okay. And it's unfortunate that we have to do something like this. Yeah, bottom line is everyone should be able to go about their business safely without fear of being assaulted in any number of horrific ways just because somebody is completely and utterly unhinged and frankly shouldn't be walking this earth if they're going to commit crimes of that nature. So... Mm -hmm. It's a trickle-down effect. And people saying, what does that have to do with wrestling? Blah, blah, blah. It has to do with everything because everything is all-encompassing. It's all part of our society. It's all part of living in a somewhat civilised society. Simple as, really. Um, strange bit of news here. A bench warrant has been issued for the arrest of former TNA and Impact Wrestling and WWE developmental talent, Raka Khan, a real name, Trinesha Biggers. Awkward name. Um, yeah, you might remember Raka Khan, very sizable Amazonian lady. Uh, according to court records, the warrant was issued on Thursday, September the 23rd, ahead of the scheduled start to biggest trial on charges of child custody and aggravated kidnapping facilitate. That trial is scheduled to begin Monday, October the 4th in El Paso, Texas. Trial has been pushed back multiple times due to COVID-19 pandemic. Biggest has been issued a bench warrant, which is usually issued when a defendant fails to appear at a scheduled court hearing. I mean, I don't really know what to say about it, but we try and cover all the news. The only thing I really think of when I read this was, 
you know, people seem to think that wrestlers are like these, you know, superhuman people. And in a way they are when they present themselves as wrestlers and when they perform. But they are still human beings. This shocking and stunning revelation of what? A wrestler? That's not a real human being. How could they possibly be in court for something? I mean, wrestlers have done much worse things. Dark Side of the Ring. Please see every single episode, including the last one. Um, it just it just smacks of, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe the one thing I'd like to say to our listeners is stop making your heroes out to be untouchable because ultimately they will most likely fail you at some point. It's a good question for you, Astrid, actually. Obviously, you've watched wrestling for a fair amount of time now. Is there ever been a wrestler that you love that ended up really disappointing you? Oh, um. Well, I don't know if you want to say, but I guess like everything with Chris Benoit, but I guess it do something to more with like mental health than anything. Um, but at that point when everything, I had just started watching wrestling and it was like him, Eddie and Ray, who are like some of my favorites to begin with. And I was like attached to them. And I, I remember watching the tribute show and I even recorded it back then on my VHS. So I'm like, yeah, I want to see this later because it's so emotional for me um, seeing somebody that I, that I really enjoy watching just like pass away like this. And then obviously this is before we knew the details of everything that happened. And then little by little, when the details came out, I was just like, I don't even know what to think at this point. Um, like it's, but it also makes me think like maybe so, somebody could have done something and things would have been different. I'm like, it would have been amazing to see that maybe somebody would have reached out to him or somebody would have checked up on him and maybe his family would have been here. So it's incredible thing how it's changing just a blink of an eye like that sometimes. Yeah, be careful who you pick as your idols, ladies and gentlemen. Raw Tag Team Champion Randy Orton is reportedly out of action. Orton was not present for this week's post-Extreme Rules edition of WWE Raw. And word going around backstage is that he was not cleared to perform according to PWI Insider. Uh, there is no word on when Orton will be back and exactly why he's not cleared. It will be interesting to see if he's involved in the WWE Draft, which of course begins tonight uh, on SmackDown and then on Monday uh, for WWE Raw. He's not wrestled since he faced AJ Styles a couple of weeks ago. And if you remember, he had quite a big break before that as well, which we're not really aware of why. Um, a lot of people, of course, are suggesting that Orton's going to AEW. No. <laughs> Just no. They, not everyone can go. And if you think Orton's going to hand over the contract that he has, where he basically gets to do fuck all, continuously be a champion of some sort, earn millions, and he's going to hand that over so that he can work with Tony Khan and probably wrestle Orange Cassidy, I don't think that's the case, I'm afraid. Um, do you think that Raw suffers somewhat from not having Randy Orton on the show? Because obviously RK Bro has been quite a big thing. I know that Riddle's still there being somewhat stupid, <laughs> being very stupid. Um, but do you feel that it affects the show? Like I know the draft's coming up, so it probably won't affect it as much, but Randy Orton not being on TV, does that make the program less enjoyable for you? Not less enjoyable, just like I, I think about it from the point of view that he's been doing so great and so amazing lately with his character. And it's just like, if you don't see him, you're kind of going to miss him a little bit just because you're, you're used to like the push he's been getting and everything lately. But it doesn't mean it's going to make a difference for me when it comes to like raw, like overall, though. Yeah, it does make much of a difference to my enjoyment or lack thereof of raw, <laughs> which is, I mean, to be fair, the last three weeks I think have been quite good, quite strong. 
Um, but before that, god awful. Like one of the worst wrestling shows I've seen of you know probably my entire life. It's so bad at times. A bit like um, WCW at times from 2000, 2001, that bad. But at least that was funny. Uh, I, this, I agree with you. Randy Orton's been in probably his best vein of form for the better part of a decade at least. You know, stuff with Edge I thought was excellent. I know some people were a bit meh because... The matches were long because, God forbid, people have a match longer than 10 minutes. Um, it's disappointing for Randy Orton more so than it is for us because mm. I'm sure a lot of people are saying Randy Orton doesn't give a fuck. I believe that to be entirely true. Uh, I like Randy Orton's gimmick right now with Riddle. Mm. I quite like the code before because Riddle's like, oh, my God, we could like we could get like scooters to match and we could get headphones. Randy Orton's like, shut the fuck up, you piece of shit. <laughs> Sitting there like, Randy Orton is me. With so many of my friends, I have very enthusiastic friends, and as you know, I'm a miserable old man. So mm-hmm. I just say, like, please shut up, right? <laughs> I get this when I go to wrestling training, when I'm at wrestling shows, a lot of the youngsters are around me and they're like full of vibrancy. And like, I'm gonna have a 40 minute flip fest. I'm like, I don't care, go and talk to somebody else, <laughs> fucking twat. Um, it is what it is. <laughs> I'll try and be nice to everybody, but there are times when I'm just a grumpy old man. So fair play, Randy Orton out with injury, hopefully not for too long. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what they do with them in the draft. I assume that they'll come as a package because they are tag team champions. I don't see them bothering to split up actual mm-hmm. teams because that doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I wonder like how long he could be out being champion right now, though. That's the other thing about it. Because I'm like, how are they going to hold that? Are they going to take away the championships from them or and just announce it on TV like that? I guess the way that he does it. You know, they should put the belts on. The world's brand new sexiest tag team, Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo. I am, I am so here for this energy. Normally, I'll just shit on anything you like just to wind you up, but I love these two as a pairing. Uh-huh. Um, you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't shit on everything that she loves. I just like teasing her because she's got it so thirsty for Angel Garza and Damien Brace. But mm-hmm. I, um, I love these two, especially Angel Garza. I never understood why Angel Garza was taken off TV for as long as he was. Like that was a big mistake for me and a big reason why I found Raw, Raw was better when it had people like Angel Garza, when it had guys like Austin Fury, people who were young and different and fresh and exciting to watch. And then all of a sudden they were like, right, let's go back to the tried and tested stuff once COVID kind of, you know, buggered yeah. off at least enough to have crowds back. And mm-hmm. Umberto Carrillo, I'm not sold on him as a single star. So this is a really good move for him. He's clearly very good looking. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's nearly as good on the mic as Angel Garza. I think Angel Garza feels very much kind of, do you know what they remind me of? A little bit like when Eddie Guerrero and um, I want to say Dean Malenko were kind of tagging up mm-hmm. quite a bit in WCW. Both world-class athletes. But one was clearly the charismatic one, and one mm-hmm. was just a good wrestler. So Umberto Greer hanging around Angel Garza is good news. I think they're related as well, aren't they? Cousins or something? Yeah, they're cousins, yeah. Um, I was thinking from the beginning when Angel like started feuding with, with Umberto, like, like, I think a couple months ago, I was hoping it would lead to them being a tag team the way they are now. So I was always hoping for that. And then I'm like, all of a sudden, they're both off TV, and I'm like, what happened? <laughs> so I'm just like, I thought that was the conclusion to it all. So I'm glad it's happening, even if it's months later. But... Yeah, they're cousins, so it, I was hoping they would always kind of team up from the beginning and kind of help each other in that way, because I know Umberto can probably learn from Angel a little bit, and they probably can practice their English with each other as well to improve it. Yeah, I think uh, Angel especially is a great talker. I think, you know, a lot of people have... It's just dirt sheets, so you take it with a pinch of salt. A lot of people have said that Vince McMahon sees him as like a modern-day Eddie Guerrero. I actually think that's a very good 
uh, concept. I don't want him to be Eddie Guerrero. I want him to be mm-hmm. Angel Garza. But he certainly shows traits of an Eddie Guerrero in the sense of yeah. world-class technician, great in-ring presence, a lot of flamboyance, a lot of color, a lot of charisma. Everything you would expect from and guys like Angel Garza. If like I don't really buy into the whole I hate WWE or I hate AEW. I don't care if it's a good wrestling mm-hmm. show. I watch it. But if you're sitting there in WWE's camp and you're thinking, AEW is really creeping up our ass right now. They're beating us in demo ratings, at least as far as Raw is concerned. How do we combat that? Well, how did they combat WCW? By moving on from a lot of the archaic, boring wrestlers or the old wrestlers and creating new stars. And when I look at Angel Garza, there's a guy who I think for the next 10, 15 years could be a mega star for your company. Montez Ford is another good example of this on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. There are guys who could genuinely grab the brass ring and really push forward. It's great that AEW's picked up. And Adam Cole is, I think, arguably, for my money, the biggest mistake that they let go. Because with Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, we've seen all of it. So even though they're still great and they're going to put on amazing matches, especially Brian Danielson, who in my opinion is the best technical wrestler in the world, you've seen it. I've seen them. The only thing I'm watching AEW for now with those guys is to see them work, wrestle people I haven't seen before, like a Kenny Omega or maybe exactly. one, of the, one of the other books or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to see CM Punk versus Pac. That's like one of my dream matches. Um, but Angel Garza, I want to see him wrestle everyone in a big, mm-hmm. big position. And the same with Montez Ford and guys like that. So hopefully that's what it's going to lead to. Bit of a tangent, but always a good conversation. Uh, speaking of AEW, Leo Rush, who everyone knows is one of my favorite wrestlers. I love Leo Rush, great deal. Uh, he signed with AEW. And no, all of you fucking marks who keep sending me hate mail, I'm not upset that Leo Rush has signed with AEW. And no, I am not butthurt that he has not gone back to WWE because he wouldn't get a look in in WWE. I'm glad he went to AEW because he'll be one of those guys... That, you know, I think their roster's too big. I think it's ridiculously swollen, but someone like Leo Rush will get a look in there. He won't get a look in, in WWE. And also, he can carry on working for NJPW or MLW. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leo Rush made his return to AEW on t- tonight, aka Wednesday's Dynamite, uh, and has signed with the promotion. In a promo, Rush said he spoke with Tony Khan and is in AEW. Rush looks to be portraying himself as a big business that will be bringing his talents to the company. Rush previously appeared at Double or Nothing back in May as part of the Casino Battle Royal. Shortly after, he had said he was retiring from pro wrestling because of a major injury. I believe he tore an ACL or shoulder of some description. Um, but it's clear that he's now back with AEW. Uh, aside from the fact that he seems to keep retiring and coming back literally every three months, which is, you know, he's obviously a bit of a wishy-washy individual, is our boy Leo. Um, do you think this is a good pickup for AEW? I don't see why not. I might get, bring some diversity to the roster, which they need a lot of, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him. There's so many people he could go for the TNT Championship, and he go he can go even against Ricky Starks, like somebody like that as oh. well. Uh, I can imagine that already. So, <laughs> I, um, I love Leo Rush. I think he's a megastar. Not because he, he's amazing in ring. He is a little bit on the small side, but I don't care about that. Um, great news AW's full of smaller wrestlers so he's again Pac (laughs) if they actually bother to use Pac who might be arguably the most underutilized and underrated wrestler along with Andrade I've ever seen in my life how can you have Andrade and Pac in your company and not do anything with them that's beyond me see AW has amazing amounts of talents but I'm sorry if you would rather watch 
number, I don't know, number 10 from the Dark Order versus Orange Cassidy over Pac versus an Andrade or Leo Rush versus, I don't know, a, a Ricky Starks. Well, frankly, you're a fucking buffoon and I don't like you and I don't want you to listen to my podcast anymore. Uh, <laughs> use Leo Rush properly, please. AW, please, please, Tony Khan, do the right thing. He's a world-class talker brimming with charisma he's insanely talented on all fronts world-class rapper as well great musician does a lot of different things amazing father uh, very charitable something that people don't realize about so my debut match was against austin drake big jacked up muscle man from uh, southwest of the uk and he does a lot of like work that people won't realize um you know with charities and stuff of that nature and leo rush sent a video to him um talking when he was manager of bobby lashley and bearing in mind in wwe you don't really get much from the wwe stars do you they don't really conversate with the public much unless it's a tweet or something just because wwe and all that and leo rush would send videos to these guys like austin you know sort of praising him saying you remind me of the big man bobby lashley and i've seen this video and it's really cool and it's like that's so awesome like you know you're a a small time independent wrestler in the UK and he took the time to message you and big you up and you know talked about how he looked like Bobby Lashley and how he'd love to manage him in the future and those little things make a big difference that's why I have so much love for someone like Leo Rush so I really hope that he's used properly in AW because he just feels like he could be next level the only problem is obviously he is very injury prone so I'm hoping he's going to stay fit for a while because the last thing you want to hear is that he's retiring again because then people will start thinking well, you seem to retire every week, mate. So maybe wrap that stuff up. Uh, anything to add on Leo Rush? No, I know that. I don't know if you guys watch it over there, but I know here uh, we we watch, or at least my family, and we watched the challenge on MTV, and he was part of the, one of the seasons. So it was nice to see him, like, more of his personal side in that sense of it. Um, he did leave the show because of mental stuff. Uh, mental situation he said like being there and being in the bunkers anything like that it reminded him of being in the foster home and it just brought him back like really bad memories so that's why he left the show but it was like really nice to see somebody else that was a wrestler on the show aside from somebody like the miss for example who was, who was there like years and years ago um but yeah i like how i was able to like see that personal side of him that i don't really get to see like a wwe for example so i thought that was super interesting in the show at least yeah, one of the things that we don't... Um, I'm not a big fan of getting to know wrestlers too, personally. Uh, I get a lot of this. I get, like, for instance, when I work shows, I'll get, like, loads of random Facebook requests and personal requests from people I don't know or fans that have attended shows I'm on. And I just think, bit creepy. Don't do that. Also, don't add wrestlers' partners. That's fucking weird. I don't know if you saw Hustle Malone actually tweeted recently. Uh, he's commentator for Progress Wrestling. They're on the WWE Network, actually, so you can yeah. check it out. It gets a lot of unsolicited messages, you know, um, directed towards his wife, who by all accounts is probably a very attractive woman in her own right. And because she goes to shows now, people seem to think that it's okay to add her or, mm. you know, be a bit more perverted. And it's just fucking creepy. And if you've ever considered doing that, fucking don't. You know, if you want to add a wrestle on social media, they have plenty of open social medias like Instagram and Twitter and things like that, where you can follow them. If it's not a private account, then, you know, they're obviously happy for you to follow them. Don't think that you can follow their friends and their family or don't fucking find out wrestlers addresses and start sending them weird things because then you have stuff like Sonya Deville. And that's not a good situation. That's ugly. It's grim. And it's frankly 
it crosses a boundary and you know i can openly tell you that if you upset me or my family or partners for whatever reason you would honestly feel my wrath and you would not like that so don't fucking harass people i love and care about it's as simple as that really um impact wrestling i don't get a chance to talk about impact enough can't wait for bound for glory obviously because josh alexander is bay mm-hmm. and his man crush supreme on october mm-hmm. the 23rd we will be covering that don't you worry because he will of course become the champion of the company and i will be erect for the entire show um last week or last night's impact should i say uh, the impact digital media championship was announced as the company's newest title uh, i believe it will be debuting Tuesday, October the 5th. No idea what they're going to do with that. Maybe it's going to be an online... I assume it's going to be like an online... Because it's the mm. digital media championship. They'll be like Zack Ryder's um, thing. <laughs> Unholy <laughs> abolition that he had on his terrible YouTube channel. A single elimination tournament is set to begin next week to determine the inaugural champion, which will be primarily defended through the promotions, digital, social media. So there you go. I should have read the rest of the fucking article. And Impact Plus streaming service. Matches will be on Tuesdays and Wednesdays on Impact Plus. Then they will appear shortly after on YouTube, Ultimate Inside. I think that's a good idea because then people who maybe don't want to subscribe can, you know, if they're happy to wait a little bit, will see it. Um, And because Impact isn't as popular, it's easier to avoid spoilers, at least I've found. Uh, the finals will take place at Bound for Glory on October the 23rd. The following announced matches for next week are John Skyler versus Zicky Dice. Zicky Dice, former NWA television champion, and of course, Wrestle Plug guest. You're welcome. Um, and Hernandez versus Crazy Steve, which is not nearly as exciting. <laughs> Sorry, just not. Don't care. I know you you probably like Hernandez. I find him to be insufferable. And you know me, I love Latin wrestlers, but I just, he looks like every stereotype of a cartel hitman I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, please don't come for me, Mexicans. <laughs> Are you excited about a new belt for Impact? Do you care? I'm like, I don't care as much. I just, I, I automatically saw it and I'm like, it, it has like Matt Cardona's name all over it. That's all I could think if I want to. <laughs> Yeah, I like the design. Um, yeah, nice, nice design belt. You know, Impact have always had nice looking belts, though. Uh, apart from, do you remember the time when they put the sticker over the top? <laughs> that was a bad look, especially on live TV. Dear, oh dear. Yeah, and of all the people to hold that belt, EC3 and Eli Drake. Aye, aye, aye. Um, while we're here, we might as well have a quick look. Are you excited for Bound for Glory? I mean, you you gave me Josh and Christian, so I'm excited already. <laughs> so, and then I think we have Deanna and Mickey in that one too, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, right now, you have yeah, Deanna Brazo will defend the Impact Knockouts Championship against Mickey James, so that's worth the entrance fee alone. Christian Cage will defend the Impact World Championship against Josh Alexander. The Call Your Shot Gauntlet match: Rich Swan versus Brian Myers versus To Be Announced. I assume there'll be more people. Winner receives a trophy and a contract for a title shot of their choosing. That normally ends up being quite a long match, so I imagine there's going to be a lot more people in there. The Impact X Division Championship is currently going to be a triple threat. Trey Miguel versus, uh, at least at this point, two unknown opponents. And, of course, the final for the Impact Digital Media Championship. They'll most likely have other stuff coming in, tag team title match, things of that nature. I think Balfour Glory is going to be one of the big underrated cards of the year. I think this has the potential to be just as good as any of AEW or WWE stuff. And I think it's going to be really disappointing if people don't check it out because it's going to be special. And, you know, I think from this, Josh Alexander is going to go on to much, much bigger things. I think he'll win the title. Mm-hmm. I think he'll have a great run in impact. I think he's going to end up in AEW. I think that's 
unfortunate, but in some ways, because I want him to enjoy his singles run first. I don't want them to get too excited. I, let him be a singles champion for a long time. Let him have his great run with impact. Let him help bridge that divide that, frankly, Kenny Omega sucked at doing. Um, and then maybe bring him in. Ethan Page has done nothing since he went to AEW, and the North is just... I'm crying out for the North versus FTR. That will be money. Lots and lots of money. <laughs> um, so, yeah, give me that. But I think Bound for Glory is going to be sick. And like you mentioned, the women's match. Good chance for you to plug yourself, madam. Um, not in that way, obviously. I am um, awkward. Um, <laughs> you obviously have quite a vested interest in the knockouts division, don't you? Yeah, I, I, I don't watch Impact often, but uh, for the Yanos. How great <laughs> you're not real fan, are you? You're just an AEW uh, supermarket, mate. <laughs> um, no, and I, I got interested in the Knockout Smackdown pay-per-view, so it's really excited to be reacting to that one after it airs. You're doing that for Love Wrestling, right? Yeah. Not for WrestlePlug, you know, the premium podcast. You're doing it for the scrubs. I understand that. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but you're welcome to come on here and cover it. We'll be covering it, by the way. I will be definitely covering it. And if Ashley wants no, to No, don't me. lie. I told you we'll do it, too. Yeah, she loves it. She can't <laughs> stay away from me, can you? <laughs> the first oh, is real for the plug. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's going to be an exciting prospect. What date is that? Is that October the 10th? Uh, let's see. Obviously, yeah, Astrid's done her own work. <laughs> no. Uh yeah, it well, um, it'll be then isn't it the ninth? Is it the ninth? Okay. Yeah. It's important I get that right because I'm working that weekend in wrestling. But yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out. We'll definitely be covering that for the wrestle plug and check out Astrid on Love Wrestling because that will be good fun as well. You've got an interview coming up as well, haven't you, young lady? Yeah, I'm nervous for my interview later on today that I'm recording. Is that today? Yeah. What time? <laughs> uh well around 7 p.m. my time. Okay, 7 p.m. your time, which will be 12, I believe that's midnight UK time. So if you're listening to this, because I will drop it beforehand, if you're listening to this when it comes out Friday, contact Astrid, give us some questions for your guest, who is? Kayla, who will be in our show, Change the Game in Canada. So yeah, trying to get some insight of how that got about. So I will be interviewing her. I don't know when it will be released. I had to double check that part. Uh, but I know it will be before the show, which is the 15th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, really excited for you. Big opportunity, great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Don't be nervous. Just relax. I've spoken to so many wrestlers and it's honestly, you'll be fine. Talk to them as if they were in front of you and you were having a nice conversation over a coffee. The worst thing you can do is like, welcome to my podcast. I have questions for you and panic. (laughs) I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. Don't do that. And you don't need to do that. You're better than that. You'll be absolutely Mm -hmm. fine. I have faith in you and I look forward to listening to that. And of course, WrestlePlug will provide all links for that podcast as well and for Love Wrestling um, as well. So you guys can check out the live streams, live reactions. You're also going to be on NXT as per usual, won't you? On um, Tuesday nights. Yes, sir. Reacting to NXT after the show. Tuesday nights, Astrid spills the tea. Mm-hmm. Marvelous. Well, we're not drinking any tea, sure. <laughs> That's fine, cretin. Um, <laughs> typical uncivilized Yankee. Now, <laughs> uh, as I sip on a fucking can of relentless, because I am just as uncivilized, although I do drink tea aplenty. Thank you very much, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. Two more things, really, I want to get into. First of all, Big suggestions that WWE is going to return to the UK. No point asking you if you're excited about that because it's all about me now because I'm <laughs> British. Um, 
WWE hasn't had a live pay-per-view since 1992, SummerSlam. Everyone knows about it. 80,000 people at the old Wembley Stadium. The new one holds 90,000, just seated. And they could probably put it for, So you could theoretically have 100,000 in Wembley Stadium for a, a Mania or a SummerSlam. Mind blown. I don't think Mania will ever find its way over here because it's just such a big cash cow for America. I have gone on record as saying I'd be more than happy with something shit like a Battlegrounds or a fucking <laughs> Extreme Rules. It's still a pay-per-view, isn't it? It's still fun. It's still exciting. It's still unique. Um, long before they started doing Raw and SmackDown over here, you know, like other companies were bringing their stuff over and really taking an interest in it. So, and, you know, Impact really pushed and had a lot of stuff. They had a lethal lockdown over here. They had all sorts of stuff over here um, before WWE really gave a toss. However, WWE is obviously recognized. I think this is genuinely, again, a reaction to AEW. AEW was going to have uh, Fight for the Fallen over here. That was actually scheduled to be here this year. And then, of course, COVID decided it was going to shit all over everyone's good time. Um, and so we didn't get any AEW live over here. So WWE is reacted by thinking, hmm, <laughs> let's get Because the UK market is the second biggest market in North American wrestling. It has the second largest viewership outside of the United States. More people watch wrestling in the United Kingdom than they do anywhere else in terms of watching that quality of wrestling. You know, general wrestling, obviously, we've got a great British independent wrestling scene. Japan has a huge scene with New Japan and things like that. But that's kind of on its own, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is exciting, but I've heard this before, and I've not seen anything concrete, and I've not heard Vince McMahon himself go, we're coming to Britain, you wonky T-fucks. Like, um, and until I hear Vince McMahon insulting... By the way, the last time... So they had in... They did have, for a brief period of time, these shit pay-per-views called Rebellion and Insurrection. I don't know if you've ever watched any of them. They were just house shows, but with a pay-per-view set. Mm-hmm. Uh, although... We did, for the only time in the history of WWE, they main evented one show with Brock Lesnar versus Edge for the WWE title. So, you know, I mean, that was pretty sick. They also had Austin versus The Rock inside a steel cage. You know, they've done some good stuff. Um, But this could be quite special. (laughs) But like I say, until I hear Vince McMahon say it... um, famously at Capital Carnage 1998. You've got to go back and check it out. Fun pay-per-view. It was at Earl's Court in London. Vinnie Jones was on it, who's now relatively famous for his acting as well as playing soccer. Um, It's fucking football. (laughs) And uh, Vince McMahon comes out and cuts a promo and he calls London a cesspool. And he says, a cesspool that will no doubt in the future be governed by a prime minister of, in his exact words, Pakistani extraction which is so surreal in every way. Vince McMahon, even being racist over here and deploring the amount of Pakistanis and Indians that live in London. So, yay. (laughs) Looking forward to that. But I'd love to have SummerSlam over here. We've got the stadiums. We've got the capability. We've got the arenas. They have Roar and SmackDown over here twice a year. There's no reason why we can't do it. Um, It'll be interesting to see whether they try and beat AEW to the punch to it because they even did a uk tour recently you might have noticed they just did a very brilliant they sent uh, some stars are over here some not i mean they have the street profits over here which is great they're drew mcintyre who's you know number one contender again whooping <laughs> i like drew but i've seen too much of him over the last year um so yeah what do you think would you come over here for a uk SummerSlam if it was a 
you know, a massive event, a hundred thousand people. I'm like, if I don't get stuck over there, sure. <laughs> and that's the only thing I'm like, if I wouldn't get stuck, then yeah, we'll go. Um, but no, it's incredible. Thank you. Because I feel like the UK, there's such passionate uh, fans and they don't get enough from WWE. And I, I definitely think they should. And it's kind of interesting to think like, this is just the beginning of ideas that are being thrown out to probably go against AEW. So it makes me wonder what else they would do just to go against AEW and against their popularity. Because I'm like, they're not competition, but we're doing this though that we haven't done in quite a while, which is the part that's like interesting to me. Uh, but yeah, it'll be cool. To, I'm like, I one of my plans before the pandemic started was to go to London. I have my tickets booked and everything. But then COVID said, never mind your dream, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, but. Um, fortunately, that was my plan for my for my birthday, but I guess I have to skip until next time. Yeah, COVID sucks, Duke. Um, I mean, I haven't been able to get out to the States. I saved up some money to get out to the States to come and see some people, come visit yourself, come and visit Dexter and everybody again. And yeah, COVID-19. And even now, even though borders are open, it's, it's a very tentative process. I don't want to dedicate that because if you get cancelled for whatever reason, it's very unlikely you're going to get your money back um so until that kind of happens yeah sitting on the fence and that's why i am very kind of like take it easy with the whole uk pay-per-view stuff because mm -hmm. until covid is definitely sorted until they decide you know fuck it um you know it's no longer a big issue and we're just adapting to it like we do with everything else in normal society because eventually it has to be a cut off point and it does we can't live like this for the rest of our lives um but until that's the case i'm not gonna get too excited uh, frankly one more thing to discuss uh, i suppose before we wrap things up let's have a little bit of a cheeky chat about the draft and i know you've obviously done your mock draft for love wrestling which by the way was very entertaining i actually very mm. much enjoyed that um talk to me about the draft and what you would like to see this friday and of course next monday I would like to see at least some of the people like, for example, people like Mia Yim finally get a brand and be on the roster like officially because they haven't done anything with her since her name changed back to herself. Um, but to see at least like some change within it, like for example, like having Charlotte's, having new faces face Charlotte on Raw is I'm just like, I like her reign, but I'm just tired that she's facing the same people all the time. So I just like, I would like to mix up in there and hopefully with SmackDown and who ends up being the women's roster for them hopefully they end up giving like at the same time because the first couple of weeks they haven't had the great of a time for the women and on women on smackdown which is unfortunate because it was going so well in my opinion at least i'm like i was enjoying it and it just went downfall like so suddenly i don't know what happened there but i'm hoping like at least the women's division gets some some good picks and i'm hoping people like dakota kai who we haven't seen since she faced raquel i would like to see her in the main roster um, at least on a brand that will use her properly too and maybe people like Tony Storm get like proper timing she's barely been on TV since she debuted too and Shotzi and Tegan it's another one that they've barely been on TV but hopefully they get featured more often so I'm hoping that it gets women at least more time yeah one of the things I love about having you on is because as you know I'm very passionate about women's wrestling um, and I have been for years on this podcast and a lot of people are kind of scoffing or whatever you just like women's wrestling because you're a perv or whatever it's like no actually i like women's wrestling i feel like it's a, a much more honest style of wrestling a lot of the time than the men it's a little bit like women's football and stuff like that i'm not going to sit here and tell you that i prefer watching 
women's football over men's football, but I'm very um, excited about the premise of women's football because it's more affordable. The women don't cheat as much. They don't dive. They don't play out like a bunch of fucking fairies like the men do. Looking at you, Cristiano Ronaldo, you fucking flaming fairy of a human being. Man that size falling over when it only hurt me down fucking melt. Uh, <laughs> I've got all the rage in the world for that prick. Um, I just think that, you know, this is a very good opportunity to stamp your approval. I feel like they've done a reasonable job with women's wrestling overall in WWE. A lot of people, it annoys me because I see a lot of people on social media saying, oh, WWE, you know, oh, SmackDown had like one women's match. I thoroughly agree it should have more. I absolutely agree. However, when AEW is doing what they're doing on Dynamite, which is quite literally saying women never heard of them, you know, you got to come with that full energy for everybody. Either everyone should have good women's wrestling or, you know, just ignore it. You can't just cherry pick who you want to have a go at. And also, you know, I don't have to worry about this when I mentioned WWE, but I've seen this. This is going to upset a few people. I've seen this on social media lately. I've seen people quote tweeting British independent companies. Why don't you have more women's wrestlers on your show? Why do you not have more than one women's match? It may just be down to the fact they can't actually afford to bring in more than that amount of talent. Um, it may have something to do with the fact that not all the women are amazingly talented. You shouldn't be on a show based solely on the fact that you are a member of a demographic. You should be on a show because you're talented. For instance, I don't want everyone, anyone to book me because they're like, well, we need a few more Arabs on the show. Let's get that brown bastard on. Like, that doesn't help. That doesn't improve the quality of your show. It might make it diverse. We all, For instance, with AEW, the reason I'm having to go about their diversity is because Leo Rush and Scorpio Sky and Will Hobbs and guys like that, they are already top quality talents. It's not a case of we don't know if they can go. They can fucking go. So when they're not used, we're sitting there thinking, well, you've actually got people who are already credible talents. Why aren't you using? However, if, you know... If I'm a wrestling promoter, I'm not going to book you because you're transgender or because you're black or because you're gay or whatever, just because of those things. Mm -hmm. If you are transgender and very talented, all the more power, fantastic. That means we get representation with the level of talent. You do not deserve to be booked based on your demographic or your diversity. You should, and this is where true equality comes in. If you believe in true equality, then you should be booked based on how talented you are or how much value you add mm -hmm. to a program. It's as simple as that. So if I see you out there saying, oh, I'm gay, I deserve to be booked. Fuck you. How dare you use your sexuality as leverage? You should be proud of your sexuality. You should be open and honest about your sexuality and you shouldn't be attacked for it. However, that should not be the be one end all when it comes to measuring your level of talent. And if you think it does, then frankly, there's something wrong with you and you obviously don't believe in proper equality and you're part of the problem as far as I'm concerned. Now then, draft. Raw is the most important thing for me. I'm really, really, really keeping an eye on Raw because they need the talent upgrade and they need the changes as well. If I see one more iteration of Riddle or fucking Orton versus Omos or AJ Styles, I will shove mm -hmm. an iron stick up Carl Wilkinson's bummel and parade him around town as a fucking effigy that we could all burn for our own amusements at November the 5th's firework display. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you if i see drew mcintyre versus randy orton again if i see sheamus versus damian priest or jeff mm. hardy in a fucking match again i will actually commit 
horrendous assault against my own person. Like, mm. I cannot cope with this repeat As well, Reggie versus fucking Akira. Just, you've got loads of scrubs on NXT. Bring them over. Fucking change it up. For the love of Christ, I do not care. I don't want to say, I love Seamus. I think he's one of the best, most underrated workers mm. WWE has. I don't want to see him wrestling the same people. I don't want to see him wrestling Alberto Correa over that 50th time or Ricochet again. Oh, I thought it could be again and all that fucking mm. Irish leprechaun shit. Like, you know, fucking give me something fresh, something yeah. new. Smackdown, they're very clever. If you notice this, they're very slow burn of everything. You know, they didn't just go, mm. right, we've got Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns. Now let's have Finn Balor versus Jey Uso. And then next week we'll have Finn Balor versus Jimmy Uso. Then next week we'll have Finn Balor and someone versus Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Then the following week we'll have Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns and a free show to Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns and Extreme Rules. And then on Monday night we'll have the exclusive Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns prelude. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Book... Mm sensibly do not spunk everything away big matches should be on big shows and the mid card stuff fuck me it never was a problem back in the day i don't see why it is now this draft is an opportunity to rebalance raw a little bit mm-hmm. um and bring in like you say do you know what i i'm never for anyone losing their job but you've already made it very clear you want to turf all these people out budget cuts Fine. We'll budget cut some of the people that are shit, or that we don't care about, like Jackson Riker. Sorry, Jackson. <laughs> I was going to say Riker. You're on the yeah, exactly right. Like choppy, choppy. Off you go, Mister Republican. Remove Jackson Riker. Nobody fucking cares about Jackson Riker. Elias apparently has gone missing. Stick him on the side of a milk cart, and we'll be done with him. Um, you know, there's so many of these guys where you just think. If you're not good enough to be on AEW Dark, you're certainly not good enough to be on Raw. <laughs> so fuck off, right? Yeah, get lost. There's plenty of other places these people can work. We're not missing Braun Strowman, and he was considered a bigger star. There's loads of these guys that are green or not good or just a bit boring. Get rid of them all and then bring in some more of those NXT talents. Let's have some of those people. Like you say, Dakota Kai would be an amazing addition to the women's roster. Um, there's a lot of women, actually, who are kind of floating around. Zaya Lee, I feel, doesn't really add much to NXT anymore. Maybe bring her up, see what she can do on Raw. Refresh mm. those opponents. So if you hate Charlotte Flair and you're always going to hate her, well, then give us opponents that we haven't seen her wrestle before because then at least we feel like we're watching something fresh. That yeah. way we don't mind so much, you know, oh, fuck's sake, Charlotte Flair again. I don't personally think that because I know that she's incredible. And if you don't think mm. she's incredible, well, frankly, you're an idiot and you don't know anything about wrestling, but it is what it is. And by the way, she retained her title against Alexa Bliss because there isn't justice in this world. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um, you know, ultimately, I want to see something fresh. That's what will make me come back to WWE mm. every time. When WWE is done right, there isn't anything better. Even AEW struggles to capture mm-hmm. what WWE can do. Where WWE is failing and where AEW is doing really well is they've got all these amazing fresh times. Oh, Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega. I've never seen that before. Oh my God, CM Punk versus Darby Allin. You're drawn to that because it's fresh and it's new. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they're going to run out of dream matches. WWE has an opportunity here. They've got a bigger roster or similar size roster. They've got a better TV platform. They've got the better contracts with places like Fox and stuff like that. Give the fans what they want more of, which is fresh, unique, organic reactions instead of, you know, Seamus versus Damian Priest for the 96th time on live TV this year. For the love of Christ, let it go. By the way, if I see another iteration of Viking Raiders versus Omos or AJ Styles, I might shoot myself as well. Lord have mercy. 
You know, because for me, I love Charlotte, but like it gets boring when she faces the same people. That's how I feel about it. And it makes it boring to watch. But I'm like, if I have like new people like against her, that makes me love it even more. But I'm like, I love watching Charlotte, but it gets boring seeing those reigns seeing like the same type of people all, all over again. And I'm like, yeah, we've seen her versus Rhea gazillion times already now. Get on with it. You know, we see her versus Nikki. Okay, do something else with them. Where's Asuka been? off tv as well like give her something i don't know if she's still injured or not i think yeah i think zaylee may be injured because i know like her her match with raquel it ended up being kind of like she seemed like she kind of had a also got heat hasn't she because she knocked out mercedes martinez do you remember that like that caused a lot of backstage heat i have it on fairly good authority people um believe it or not i'm actually mates with one of the people who wrestles in nxt which i'm really proud of um, <laughs> i don't want to name him on here because it's unfair and unprofessional but yeah the, there is a lot of suggestion as Ily. they like her but you know you can't get away with just knocking someone out shoot on tv and you know so i know that she's a stiff worker and a martial artist but there's no room for that and that was unfortunately mercedes martinez's last ever match for wwe which is a real fucking shame in its own right mm-hmm. um I would like to think it's coincidence that she got shit canned after that injury. I hope that's the case, but you never know. Vince McMahon might as well go, she's a little so brown, get out. <laughs> but the diversity seems to be growing. But like you say, the women's division is one of the big things here. We need to make sure that we get fresh, exciting matchups and also they get more time. And you can do that by shuffling them around because all of a sudden, if you've got, for instance, if Sasha Banks moves back to Raw and she's left there with Charlotte Flair, all of a sudden you're like, hmm not bad this iteration of charlotte flair versus this iteration of sasha banks is something somewhat fresh even though they wrestled each other before this is like mm-hmm. the first time they would have collided as big mega stars and that's got money written all over it vice versa if you sent someone like uh maybe alexa bliss could do we going back to smackdown yeah. um because there's nothing left for her to do i think they should start transitioning away from this bullshit anyway but and on the men's side of things i think Sending the Hurt Business to SmackDown might be quite good fun, especially if they turn somewhat face, tacking Roman. Do you want to see Hurt Business versus the Bloodline? I know I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's exciting to me. And going the other way, um, maybe send Edge or Seth Rollins back to Raw. Uh, it, there's a lot of different things, but we also have to temper our expectations because you know that it will be dealt with based on what Fox wants. Apparently Fox says, mm-hmm. we want Lesnar on our show. We want Roman Reigns. So that's why they kind of do these drafts is so that they can facilitate. Mm-hmm. And then USA Network kick up and go, oh, excuse me, we want someone mm-hmm. too. It's like, fine, you can have some shiny toys as well. And that's how it works. So if you're going to do it, make it fresh and try and push back against the TV executives a bit. But I must admit, I'm excited about the draft because it's cool mm-hmm. because... I may potentially have fresh new matchups to watch, which is going to make TV better to watch, which is going to mean that when I watch Raw, it's not so much of a laborious task. How exciting was that Raw a couple of weeks ago where the Bloodline turned up? Because it was a fresh thing. The New Day versus Bloodline was amazing. Then we got that amazing main event with Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns and Big E. And you thought, you're not going to see that every day, are you? So you're going to watch that. And surprise, surprise, better ratings. People enjoyed it more. It was the best Raw I've probably seen for a couple of years because it was fresh and new and exciting and organic Mm -hmm. that's what wwe needs if it's going to continue to compete and keep aw at bay anything you want to add mate anything you want to talk about wrestling wise before we get into the small matter of opinions and questions from our dwindling and tiny fan base that probably hates us or hates me Uh, 
No, I was thinking that they also try usually to keep at least the married couples together. So sometimes if you see like Rollins going to Raw, you, that's a chance Becky might go with him and things like that. So it might see like if you see one of the people in the marriage going in, there's a good chance the other person is going to go behind them too. So it'll be interesting to see how they change that about as well, going like backwards and going forward. So I saw her wish him happy birthday this week um, or vice versa. Um, and it's something that I really want to see again. Can we get Charlie Caruso back on so that she can shamelessly flirt with Angel Garza? <laughs> it was genuinely one of my favorite things to watch. I had such a good time with it. Um, I just loved it. I just thought it was really, they were really cute on screen. They had really great chemistry. I know Charlie Caruso has got a boyfriend in real life and all that. Wrestling fans have to know everything about everything, but suspending your disbelief and you know your reality and watching those two on camera was a lot of fun did you ever watch raw talk and he constantly be giving her a run zelina vega's like mm. <laughs> that's another thing maybe move zelina and angel garza onto the same show have zelina be the manager for umberto Correo and angel garza as a long-term tag team title run man she can talk for them money it's just it's money it's sitting right there waiting for you mm. zelina vega is incredible and I like her as a wrestler, but I think she's got a very low ceiling compared to some of the other women, not just because of her size. I do think that she's not quite as good as like a Sasha Banks or a Bianca Belair. And I don't think that's disrespectful because they are the pinnacle of women's wrestling. Um, I feel like Zelina Vega has so many different things to offer, more so than just being a good wrestler. We don't get enough of Zelina Vega anyway, and she can talk like no one else. A lot of people, I likened her to a female uh, Paul Heyman in terms of her delivery and the way she can carry herself. So... It's an opportunity to use her. Loads of opportunities. Can't wait to see what the draft does. Uh, Astrid, a chance for you to discuss and interact with our listeners. You probably know a few of these people already, bless you. Um, Tanvir, the good Indian brother himself. Who do you think will win the G1 Climax? And who do you see taking the TNT title off of Sammy Guevara? What do you make of Impact's digital media title too? Well, we've covered that, haven't we? Um, mm. Who do you think should take the title off of Sammy Guevara in terms of the TNT title? I'll get the G1 Climax list up for you so you can have a quick guess as to who you think might win that because I know <laughs> Japanese wrestling isn't your full day. Yeah, I haven't watched um, New Japan in quite a while, so I can't really pinpoint who's going to win that one. Um, but yeah, for the TNT title, oof, um, I don't know. I feel like he just wanted to just like, it's hard to pinpoint like opponents so quickly for him right now. Um, wow. Who do you think would be a good opponent? I, me personally, I'd like to see another star in it. Like, finally, Sammy Guevara gets something mm. major. I feel like Sammy Guevara, we've been waiting forever. Um, good question, by the way, Tanvir, or good selection of questions. Um, I would very much like to see someone like a Ricky Starks move on from the FT. I don't think that belt means anything. It's clearly not a real belt. It's just Taz's mm. thing. I want to see him as an actual champion. I think Ricky Starks should be at some point the AEW champion. I think he's that good. He's ridiculously good looking crazy good on the mic insanely talented in the ring he's got everything you would want he reminds me in some ways of angel gaza and the way he carries himself the complete package so confident why would you not want him to be in a more prevalent position in your company him versus sammy guevara for the tnt title would be absolute fucking money good guy good looking spanish god sammy guevara versus the obnoxious arrogant but so unbelievably smoldering ricky starks money you said it, and his name just crossed my mind at the same time. <laughs> um, well, first thing, over Ricky Starks. The other one maybe will be like Pillman Jr., because I feel like Anna Griffith's Great injured, choice. maybe, perhaps. But I know he's been by himself with Julia lately. 
Um, so I would like to see Pillman go against Sammy. That would be nice for me to see something different. Am I the only one who finds the whole Brian Pillman Jr. and Julia thing not weird, but just a little bit, it doesn't make sense. Like, she's this cute little young cheerleader. Well, she's like 19, 20. Pillman mm -hmm. Jr. must be in the better part of the early 30. He must feel like they're her dad almost. <laughs> like, I, I don't really get it. If you were going to put her with someone, you should have put her with two unbelievably young lads. Like, you know, she would have gone well with like a private party or, a, you know, um, I don't know, someone like a... I'm trying to think of uh, who's the other guys uh top flight they would have been great having her because they're not very good at talking so they could have had her be like a manager kind of thing i just feel like she's a little i get the gimmick and i think it's fun and i think she's adorable a big bundle of energy she's very bubbly but i don't know i just feel like it's not it doesn't connect with me and maybe it doesn't help that i'm british as well so i'm not into that fraternity cheerleading we don't have that sort of thing over here so it doesn't really suit uh the g1 climax um, I do have the list of competitors here uh, for the 2021. Now, obviously, uh, I do believe that Jay White and Koto Bushi uh, challenged each other for the right for the G1 Climax last year. Uh, I'm just trying to find the list. There's, for some reason, it's given me the everlasting elongated list here. What's your, uh, what's your current kind of knowledge and love for Japanese wrestling, Astrid? Have you watched much as of late? Not lately, at least. I see like little clips here and there on Twitter, so that's what I've seen. But it's something that I look to watching all the time, like that. Uh, I remember watching it when Jericho was involved because my brother wanted to watch it, so I set up to sort of accompany him. Uh, but aside from that, I haven't really been paying attention. Sometimes I see like the Bullet Club members, like on Twitter and things like that, for the clips. But it's nothing that I I look to watch every week, like I do with WWE and AEW. But yeah, I know I want to though. Well, right now we have Block A and Block B, obviously, as we always do. In Block A, we have Yujiro Takahashi, Koto Ibushi, Great Okan, uh, Tangaloa, Toriyanu, Kenta, who you might recognize, obviously, from AEW, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Tetsuya Naito, uh, who I believe has had to pull out through injury, which is really unfortunate because he's my favorite wrestler in Japan, Shingo Takagi, who is fucking awesome, and Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, and then in block B, we have Evil, Yoshihashi, Jeff Cobb, Chase Owen, Sonada, Tamatonga, Tai Chi, Hiroki Goto, Kazushka Okada, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, you wouldn't want to say that very quickly, would you, when you've had a few too many drinks? <laughs> <laughs> any, any idea who you think might possibly come out of the G1 Climax as the winner and potentially face the IWGP Heavyweight Champion at Wrestle Kingdom? Oh my gosh, too many names to pick from. <laughs> if you don't I mean, know, you're welcome to just pick the one that you recognize most. It's just like I don't know who to pick like that, but if it were somebody just to see somebody that I like, will be like Tamatanga or Tangaloa, probably. I love GOD. There's a lot of suggestions GOD is going to turn up in AEW. Um, I, it'll be awesome, but I just don't trust AEW to use them properly. Like GOD are so big, they should be winning your tag titles. They should come in and knock off the tag champions. That would be so sick. G.O.D. versus the Lucha Brothers. Oh, 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 oh yes. Give me that. Uh, I'm looking at this list. Tanvir, I know that you love your Japanese wrestling. Um, as always, Tomohiro Ishii, for me, is the MVP of G1 and never, ever seems to go anywhere with it. He's that guy. He reminds me so much of early Dolph Ziggler in the sense of he's the guy who goes out there and has all the great matches but never really seems to get used as much or win a heavyweight title. Um, obviously, that's probably the only comparison you can have because Tomohiro Ishii is literally, what, about five foot four and has a neck made of granite. He's like... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's fucking hard. Really hard. Uh, I had the pleasure of seeing him wrestle Chris Hero in in person. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, it's genuinely one of the greatest matches I've ever watched live. I mean, the fact that Meltzer gave it almost five stars when he has no clue what he's doing these days mm-hmm. speaks volumes. Um, I'd like to see Ishii win. I don't think he will win. I'm looking at this list. I'm going to go with Shingo. Um, that seems like a probable bet. I do know that Zack Sabre Jr. is doing really well right now. Maybe time for somebody different to turn up especially Zack Sabre Jr., who's British, which is always cool. So it'd be nice to see a Brit win the G1 Climax. We'll get away from Japanese wrestling before uh, Astro's head explodes. <laughs> uh, choked Goat Gaming. Opinion. Meme culture is awful to the wrestling product. While we get amazing matches, they take far back seats to things like Arn pulling a Glock and send Hook. Let's push remembering the quality matches over these jokes. What do you think about... Uh, Choke Goat's opinion there. He believes that memes like, you know, the Send Hook account for AEW, they overshadow the quality of the actual wrestling. What they do is they essentially encourage tribalistic and aggressive behavior and, you know, people having a go at each other, going back and forth in wrestling. Do you think there's any validity to that? Or do you think Choke Goat Gaming should liven up and stop being a fairy? <laughs> I just get tired of seeing, like, I get the hook up and I'm like, I, I don't mind seeing him wrestle just to see what he does. But to see that send hook every single week or to see like everything with Art Anderson at this point, I'm just like, okay, uh, I got it the first five memes. And after that, it's like overdone. So at this point, I just don't want to see more of them. Wrestling, I'm done. Fans. Wrestling fans are just like WWE in that respect. So like if they find something that's funny, they'll beat it into the ground until it isn't funny. Like hook. Yeah, send, send hook. That's funny. <laughs> send hook. About five weeks later, like fucking sharp. Like, it's not funny anymore. It, you remember the whole, um, the Brock party stuff with the fucking Money in the Bank briefcase. That was really funny for a few weeks, putting your music on, and then all of a sudden everyone's just doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. Can we move on to the next joke? It, it, do you know what it is? It's the equivalent of you go and watch a stand-up. Say you got your favourite stand-up. You go and watch him, and he, he says this joke, and you think it's the most hilarious thing ever. Now, if you go and watch that stand-up, twice a week for the next fucking couple of months and you hear that same joke ain't going to be nearly as funny by the end is it mm. and that's kind of the thing and so i do agree to a certain extent um i don't think it takes away too much from the quality of wrestling itself mm. but i think the internet in general is fucking awful and cancerous and it does ruin people's enjoyment of wrestling not a day goes by i don't get a shitty comment um unfortunately you know we had uh ryan Sakoda passed away this week which was really really sad Japanese talent great wrestler people won't recognize him as much because he wasn't in the mainstream he had a very brief flirtation with WWE working alongside Tajiri but he's well known as you know he was tag team champion with Samoa Joe in 0-1 and things like that you know as KG and you know I put up a little post on my Facebook page just a little one just said like you know rest in peace rest in power you know it's very sad to hear that he's passed away quite a few people you know generally speaking but there's always one or two people who like fucking put a bursting out laugh emoji to it or write a comment about how they don't give a shit and you just think why you know we're talking about somebody past we're not talking about something trivial like you know who's going to be the next champion whatever you know when you're actively going on social media and mocking someone's death that's the worst part of wrestling, Twitter and the internet wrestling community. It's awful. And a lot of it would always be stopped if we had accountability for social media and we forced people to have identification with their social media. I've never said anything on this podcast, but I'm not afraid to say to somebody's face. 
Mm-hmm. I'd be more than happy to call Tony Khan a dog wanker to his face. Doesn't bother me. He ain't gonna do nothing about it, is he? If you see him, fucking I'll squash him. He's a little rat. What are you gonna do? Fucking send Orange Cassidy after me. Ooh, I'm scared. Just you know, be accountable for what you say, I think, more so than anything. Uh, Choco Gaming also asked a question, which uh, you will now be able to ask. What would you like to see come of the current WWE draft? Well, you're too fucking late. We've covered it all. <laughs> Anything else you can think of draft-wise just to appease Choco Gaming, who's asked that question so little, so late as he has? Bless him. No, I mean, we said if I want fresh faces for Charlotte. Uh, the only thing that, like, I everything with Bianca, Sasha, and Becky will be interesting now. So I kind of don't want that to be touched, to be honest. But as I found that, just bring anybody to free Charlotte at this point. I want to see Dakota. I want to see Mia Yim. All these girls that have been off TV or have barely gotten any TV time in the past couple months. I want to see them getting that brand that will highlight them more often because I, I, I love seeing Mia Yim on my TV. Like I was there chanting, sign Mia, because I really wanted her on TV. So mm. I'm like, I really want to see her. So Mia Yim's the kind of talent is she like, do you know what? If there's one, one thing, because I hate the idea that, you know, AEW hoovers up all the talent, but if there's one set of fans that I would, uh, one set of talents, I would really want AEW to hoover up to women. I think there's so much room for great women. I said, I was, you probably remember me saying ages ago, um, when she, the day she was released, I said, Ruby Soho has to go to AEW. And if you don't pick her up, you're an idiot. And thankfully they did. Um, Bray Wyatt allegedly signed for AEW, apparently, but you don't know. There's no confirmation of it. It's just flying around. People were expecting him this week, weren't they? Because of the whole Brody Lee tribute. I actually think it's very respectful that he didn't come in. I think it would have been a cheap capitalization of Brody's passing to have him turn up on the anniversary or whatever, or the, you know, the tribute show. I think there are there's more than enough opportunities for Bray Wyatt to debut on your TV program at any point. He doesn't need to turn up just because we're celebrating Brody's passing, you know, Brody's life, should I say, not his passing. Um, So, you know, I think that's classy. And I have no doubt that Bray Wyatt himself would have said, I don't need to turn up here. I don't think that's right. I think we should be celebrating his life. I don't need to be on this show for everyone to remember him. And if anything, it would have overshadowed slightly the fact that we were celebrating Brody's life. And I think Bray Wyatt would have most likely had something to do with that. So, Again, that's the internet for you. We must have everything now. I want it now. It's like, just start acting like a fucking petulant child and be thankful that you have so much great wrestling to choose from. Um, that's pretty much it as far as state wrestling address goes. Astrid, anything you'd like to say to the dwindling WrestlePlug universe? And most importantly, is there anything you want to chat about? Because if Carl Wilkerson was here, and obviously he's not because he's a lazy, fat sack of diabetic shit... Um, <laughs> Is there, we'd normally talk about Marvel or something like that. Are you excited about the new James Bond film? Yeah, I'm like, I heard your, your, all your rants in the other podcast. I'm like, yeah, Marvel DC. Oh my goodness. What do you prefer? Marvel Uh, or DC? I'm a Marvel person. Sorry. (laughs) Right, that's it. You're fired. Carl Wilkinson, get back here. (laughs) Tanvir, you're next. Replace these melts. Uh, Tanvir loves Marvel as well. I can just do. Anyway, I don't think Tanvir would last on this podcast. He'd be like, yeah, Tanvir strikes me as somebody who would try and make every question into Japanese wrestling. You'd be like, so what do you think about Randy Orton's current run as tag team champion? It's pretty good. I would liken it to when Tetsuya Naito was one half of the Losing Good Noble. 
<laughs> it's one of those sort of things. Like, uh, I do love him, though. And by the way, uh, I have not forgotten that Mike Douglas and Tanvir Verdi, who both listen to this podcast, still hold lifetime, by the way, we don't have a year's exclusion on these. They still hold podcast in the bank briefcases and they can cash them in at any time to be on this podcast. And I'm amazed they still haven't done that. Um, <laughs> wow. I think I reckon they've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I know Mike Douglas has got married and bought a house. He's totally forgotten. He don't give a shit. But Tanvir listens every week and messages me every week to talk about this podcast. And I cannot believe for one minute that he, of all people, has forgotten that he's got it. Or maybe he's waiting for me to cover Wrestle Kingdom and then he's going to be like, oh my God, and jizz everywhere and come on for the Japanese mm-hmm. wrestling. So that may be it. Um, who's your favorite favorite Marvel character? Uh i'll say wanda though really that's an yeah, interesting you really are all about women's empowerment are you i think that's really cool a lot of women i don't want to be disrespectful but there are women who say they are but they don't really support other women if you know what i mean i've met a lot of women who are like i love women's wrestling oh really who's your favorite women's wrestler uh uh sasha Banks. <laughs> like okay fair enough like you're entitled to that but you can just tell when they're not as passionate as they say they are i think that's really fucking cool that you are i think it's a really good balance for the podcast so if you're happy coming back we'll start moving the podcast to a friday to facilitate um the use of astrid pizarro i don't know how you pronounce it i just like to put a bit of zing on it because it sounds better it's like my name if you say just sounds a little bit more yeah yeah it's one of those isn't it it's nice to have a foreign name I, I, can you imagine if I was called Keith? <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot picture that, though. Hi, I'm Keith. Welcome mm. to the WrestleFuck. Today, I'm going to be talking about wrestling with Pete Dunne. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, yeah, no. Anything else you want to chat about? Or are you desperate to get away at this point? <laughs> no, like, I really don't have anything else in mind, though. All right, plug your social media, madam, so everyone can find you. Well, um, my Twitter is my name, Astro Pizarro. And when I'm out here, I'm on Love Wrestling. Uh, hopefully doing Never interviews. <laughs> uh, I'll be doing like video and written interviews and things like that, little features here and there. So you can, I guess, follow them and that way you can see all the updates. She's obviously thrilled about the concept, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Poor Astrid, she's just woken up, bless her, and she's doing this podcast for us. So thank you very much for coming on. Um, like I've said before, all jokes aside, check out Love Wrestling, but only when Astrid is on it, otherwise it's rubbish. Uh, <laughs> fuck you, Cody. <laughs> I love you, really. Um, he's so miserable. I love his miserable face. Um, yeah, no, check out Astrid on all her content, and especially that knockout show. I'm really excited about that. I hope the interview goes well later. Like I say to anyone who is listening, if they do happen to catch this before, message Astrid. Give us some questions for the amazing Kayla, who is no doubt going to be quite a cool talent. Do you know who she's going to be working against at this show that they're doing? Yeah, she's going against Nicole Matthews. Money! Yeah. That's Money! Vince McMahon's going to be like sneaking around somewhere looking at oh there's more women and money he's going to be hey, all over the yeah so be that'll Canada, be live it? on Twitch yeah it's going to be live on Twitch uh, so you can watch it for free but if you want to chat they'll have like a subscriber only chat so you probably need a subscription if you want to I guess cool. interact with every one of us watching it 
I have a premium Twitch account because of Amazon Prime or something, so I, I don't know how I'll work around that, but I will I will no doubt try and watch that. And if Love Wrestling would like me to, I'm more than happy to cover it on the podcast. Um because uh just love watching new shows to be honest very cool i know i've got a lot of things going on thank you very much by the way to everyone who's been really patient with the youtube channel it's been a bit quiet this week because obviously i was at iwe last weekend i had all the matches to edit i did a podcast i had a video highlight session to do photography as well that needed editing so that takes an astonishing amount of work you would not believe it uh, and to anyone who is for some ungodly reason still listening um if you want to contact WrestlePlug or Ast- um, astrid nick's design Aaron nick's design would probably be a better choice <laughs> maybe maybe me and Astrid can collaborate on design later down the line um by the way i want to be a, a wrestling guest on your show when you, if you're having more than just women i want to be on there as a wrestler i think that'll be jokes i want to call out all these fucking british marks that i don't like i want to threaten aaron Cruz live on your podcast mm-hmm. i want to threaten to tombstone carl wilkinson but um yeah i obviously do a lot of video stuff and me and myself dexter um not that dexter different dexter <laughs> ebenezer the geezer we uh we are more than happy to come to any British independent show, record the show, edit it after the fact, give you some photography as well. We really make a big deal out of every show that we work because we want people to have content, to have, um, <clears throat> we want the wrestlers especially to have something to show off. It's a real shame when people work every week in wrestling and don't have photos or match footage to show to other promoters so they can work elsewhere. We give people that opportunity and we do it at the most affordable price possible and obviously i'm always available for graphic design i've done a lot of great work for some amazing clients including x division champions and nwa television champions and things of that nature it would be lovely to do more work for more amazing talents and that is extremely affordable as well so check me out at Aeronix design if you want any of that but most importantly check out our good buddy here astrid and of course love wrestling if you want to see more of her wonderful face um astrid say goodbye to our fans bye <laughs> doesn't like you really she just comes on here for the money <laughs> of which there is none <laughs> funny um yes ladies and gentlemen this has been the wrestle plug the state of wrestling address every single week thursday or friday most likely friday now just because astrid is selfish and wants to be on the podcast more um we will be covering the wrestling news until then thank you very much for listening i've been erin x she's been astrid pizzardo and we will catch you very soon for more content from the plug which really needs to be unplugged so that the sink can empty because the state of it.